hey, you know what we should call this podcast now? What? Two mics, one car. I love when I love when you do jokes. I love when you <laughs> I love when you set up jokes. You, you really pave the way. That was good though, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. And and mm-hmm. we are getting more and more professional because now mm. we don't have to share a mic when we do our car podcast. Sure. <laughs> our car, yeah, yeah, car yeah. pods. Your car our car cast. It's a car pod. On the road again. Just can't wait to get some roadhead again. Ooh. Off to Claw to meet all our BDSM friends. Hey. I can't wait to get on the... What's your safe word? Uh, gobble, gobble. And welcome back to What's Your Safe Word, the sex education podcast that's on the road again. And we just totally had to kind of uh, imagine the opening there. So hopefully the timing of that was good. <laughs> also, we have, we, have a, we have a foot cam down here. Can't really see Daddy, but you're getting some great foot action on Patreon if you're if you're watching from there for the foot fetishes. So welcome back to what's your safe word again? The sex education podcast. It's got a few kinks and a few road bumps today, probably. Today, Daddy, we got two microphones, and where are we off to? We are going back down to L.A. again. Is it down to L.A.? Yes, because it's south. We're it? we're going from San Francisco to okay. L.A., so we're going south, which is down. That's not the only thing going down. down, down hey, oh, especially this weekend. Um, because we're off to Claw, where it's Cleveland Leather Alliance weekend, and I feel like we talk about this all the time, but it's in L.A. Don't ask questions. I call it L.A. Claw. L- L.A. Claw. Okay. L.A. Claw. Like sure. Like L.A. Law. You get it? Get it? Bum, 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 I know that's law and order, not... Yeah, anyway. And this weekend, so we're we're on the road again. We're traveling again. Y'all enjoyed the car cast last time. At least the comments I saw were real. real Although positive. everyone complained about my driving, and I was doing well, very very good. Well, sometimes. you've made it worse um, this time. I've made it. Excuse me. Well, now I have to hold my own microphone I, no, no, and no, no, drive no, no, a car. No, 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 no. I offered to hold the microphone. La- I will. Hold last it. time Here, you wait, wait, held wait. it. For I will me. hold the microphone for you. Okay. But this time, do you want me to? No, I'm good. Oh, well, then don't complain. I'm. I'm just saying, you, you Patreons don't complain about my driving because I made people nervous. Apparently. Well, you're dri- You're. You are. I'm on cruise control. I have automatic braking. You're in I have some kind of control. control. You're a control freak. I am. It's like driving itself, truthfully. Is this the t- is, is this where Dad T goes in? No, no, no. That's oh. not my Dad T. Today. Oh, okay. Well, what if I put it in right here though? Yeah. Okay. So, my okay. D- you ready? Okay. Yeah. Imagine this the opening though. Dad T. Not offensive T. Dad T. I love that you were no that you you were totally off on the timing there. I was on. We'll find out when I edit in the opening. Anyway, Dad T. Um, so this is, I thought about this after we did our red flag episode, okay. uh, on YouTube. Yes. So one, the thing I, that really bugs me the most that okay. happens all the time on Twitter and private messaging. Oops. My car is telling me I need to pull over. <laughs> Daddy, I swear. <laughs> anyway. So is when people make demands of me. So like it just happened yesterday. This faceless profile oh, sent me a DM saying, send me your nudes. First of all, I don't respond well to commands unless I'm your sub and I trust you. <laughs> and even then, he's a little bratty at times. And then, wait, I heard that. And then, if you don't have pictures yourself, hmm. 
and I don't know who you are and we've never chatted before. Why would I do that? And it's the same as when they're like, breed me, daddy. Fuck me, daddy. What happened? <laughs> what happened to please and thank you? Where the fuck are the manners? I, I think the manners have gone from please and thank you to now. And now. Boy. Do it. Do it. Fuck me. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you've never complained when someone's given you orders like that. But to be fair, you if are correct. I'm in sub mode and yes. I'm following orders, you need from to him. have clear consent. You have to be on the same page. Uh, I agree. I hear it's you. Just, there's no manners anymore. Where are the manners? Like, fuck me, please. Exactly. Would go so much further. Remember, remember your manners, y'all. And that was today's dad tea. Breed me, please. Breed me, please. <laughs> just a simple please goes a long way. All right, or read so me. I'm done with that. <laughs> I don't really have any tea myself this week. I mean, we are, we already talked about uh, we already talked about YouTube and being homophobic. I mean, today's podcast is actually it's called Buddies Doing Social Media or BDSM. Right. Um, so that's one of the things you don't do on social media is private message people and breed say you. breed me. Oh, that's great pointers. Great don't pointers. Do that. So this ties into today's class. And so we're going to the claw. We're going to be vending. We're going to be doing all the, the fun shenanigans of, of selling things for Mr. S as well as uh, what's a safe word. But we're also doing a class this weekend because claw is very much about education. And it's one of the it's one of my favorite events because it's so education driven where, you know, IML and other other places are very heavy on the contest and the fun sex parties. Claw is very much I mean, there's still the fun sex parties, but claw is one of those events that is very, very about education everybody education, which is why i like it yeah all the all the people and speakers there are, are coming in and they are they're all booking a few classes and you can literally like go through the list of things happening and be like oh bondage 101 love it oh how to gag someone properly oh great how I to impact play consent yeah. all of wax play everything everything we teach on what's the safe word truthfully um yeah. they do in-depth classes on with instructors who know what they're talking about yeah and like when we do a topic we try our best to do like a a one-on-one intro sort of level that that then gives people everything that they need at least safety wise to then go and look for other resources but at claw you get super in-depth classes which are just always really fun in the past um myself and stefan have done like a, a sesta fasta which is like a big censorship panel that we did and so this one was kind of like the next step and so this is kind of like our, our test run almost, or just a kind of, I guess, open conversation about what our class is and what it'll be about, which is like, how do you do social media as a queer person, as a kinky person? And if you are getting into like the sex work businesses of it all, like how do you do that like ethically, properly, and to a degree that you're not going to get shadow banned or kicked off a platform? What's shadow banned? Well, oh, well, that's <laughs> definitely part of our class. Um well, shadow banning, and I, just because you've asked and we're having a conversation, is when a platform um, has – so every platform has, like, its its ways in which it filters content. and Suppresses you. Well, that's that, – yes. The, the nice way of saying it is filtering content out that they don't think people are going to want to see. The more appropriate way is saying blocking people from their audience and people that might actually want to find them. Like – you get shadow banned all the time. You're, you are also well, shadow banned so, on Twitter because you post the, the porns. You know, uh, the yeah, porns. and I understand shadow banning because the, uh, social medias are uh, a public 
forum where anyone can can view it sure. and so they don't have age restrictions on it and some of my content shouldn't be viewed by people under 18 oh, absolutely and i think we need to preface that and i'll probably add a note to our class like we're not saying we want porn to be accessible to everyone we mm -hmm. want content to be accessible to the people who should be seeing it for instance and this is where shadow banning gets real gross shadow banning marginally affects or it affects marginalized communities not marginally predominantly because content filtering is built in such a way that it's you know they start out it starts out with a good intention robots and algorithms start out with this great intention of like protecting classes that need protection like queer people uh people with disabilities uh People, bullying yeah from bullying or even racist related content and i'm all here for making sure we protect people but it's when the robots learn and then and, try to teach themselves and they don't understand context correct that we see this overstepping of algorithms and guidelines and how they're enforced predominantly again because we push a lot of our moderation that is done manually to overseas it's not all done in the states and generally those those places like maybe home like might be really homophobic or there might be laws that outlaw being gay or queer in any way and so that's where we get these issues and so when we start shadow banning people based on guidelines that might be homophobic um or just very close-minded that's where we see problems because and then it, it carries into like people that follow you like on youtube that don't see your content even though they're subscribed or on like twitter and instagram every once in a while i, I mean i follow you i'm literally collaborating in every single post with you on things and like, you don't see what and i always i always have to ask you if you've posted something yet because it didn't come up on my feed yeah but and and that's I, I i think that there's a lot of content of course so like sometimes you miss content but it's when i'm literally posting a picture of you and me and i can't even tag you or i can't yeah. find you in my at mentions like like to find me you have to spell out every letter to the very end for it to come up yeah but even then maybe this is the sometimes it doesn't i can't even find you when i type out your name completely when i link to your profile properly like it won't bring you up sometimes and that is so frustrating that is so frustrating i'm talking to my feet now because there's a camera down there it's so frustrating <laughs> wait you're turning our podcast into a two camera stream Ooh, i know wow well, patrons are getting you, some real foot action here look at my boots Ooh. <laughs> definitely a masochist you're an editing masochist aren't you so true but so that's like that's one of the, the the topics of the class is like going into how you can be appropriate but inappropriate at the same mm. time because i've done a pretty good job it, it's actually interesting my journey through social media started out with just it started as sex work just sex work sure and so maybe we should get into this like how did you how did you start on social media and then i'll tell my story i started when twitter first came well, you know, back I, in my day, back in my day I started on characters allowed. I started on MySpace with my legal name, right? Um, Did you really start on MySpace with porn? Uh, not with porn. Oh, sorry. You sorry. asked me social media. Sorry. Go ahead. So my first social media was MySpace, and I did it with my legal name mm -hmm. um, because I was using it for friends and family. Makes sense. But then, um, when Twitter came about a few years later. Uh, I was working for Colt Studio Group, and we started a Twitter account for the company. And I thought, oh, uh, I should definitely do this with my porn name. And so I grabbed it then and there. And I've had that handle ever since. And, well, it's been since then. 
you've had a few different handles, but I think that's one thing to mention is like consistency is definitely going to be part of our class and like right. making sure so, you have your, your brand across everything. Had I, had I been thinking at the time I would have chosen Mr. Christopher and then I could have kept Mr. Christopher across the board. Yeah. Cause now you're, I think you have Christopher in all of them, but there's also like the Christopher I have, Weston. There's so the Mr. That- Twitter is Christopher Weston <laughs> because that was the first one I did. And then I, my Facebook uh, fan account is Mr. Christopher Weston, and my Instagram is Mr. Christopher Weston. And you can find me at Pup Amp. We'll see y'all next time. No, okay. Um, but then, so like, how did you learn about Twitter? And then did you go to Tumblr? What was your trajectory there? So Twitter first, um, and then Facebook came came about as, as well, about the same time. Um, and so that's when I learned I needed two different accounts for Facebook because I used it two different ways. Sure. So I have my personal account, which is my friends and my mother and father. And, and sometimes that gets a little dicey because you have your gay friends like saying, oh, I took... 20 loads at the club last night on your wall you know and you're like oh <laughs> my parents just read that um don't unload on my facebook page <laughs> so i started a fan account with the mr christopher weston sure. and then i can be as edgy as i want but you can't post even it. Then. you can't post anything yeah even there. then yeah yeah, and so and well, and so I said, like I said, I started on Twitter. That was my predominant like social media. Like, of course, I had a Facebook, but I mean, like for content is what I'm what I'm curious about mostly because that's what our class is about. Sure. I started on Twitter. I remember my first post was like a butt shot in the gym, and I said something like, "A Twitter, I'm all a Twitter," and then you know, like you, you see the butt, but, but, I, I found myself doing more educational content after a year or two. And I actually had to train my Twitter to be more appropriate because my content used to be flagged as inappropriate as it should have been because it was a lot of nudes and porn stuff. But then I slowly started, and this was before they marked your, your content as 18 plus. Like you had to, you pretty much just had to make sure people knew you were 18 plus, but this now Twitter will auto flag, you're filtered out. And so I was very lucky that when I decided I wanted to do more YouTube content and I had this following that was both porn and sex education, I slowly started posting less nudes there. And of course now have the fan sites and started just doing more tasteful stuff, you know, sexy, but like not overtly sexy. And I got lucky that the algorithm never picked that up because, and I'll still get shadow banned every once in a while if me and daddy post anything that's even slightly sexy together. But I don't know that I've gotten shadow banned in, a, in quite a while. Knock on, knock no, on you, wood. No, you've been pretty good with your pup amp account, yeah. keeping it relatively clean. Uh, but you did start another Twitter account so that you could post like the OnlyFans, just for fans yeah. stuff, and the nudes, uh, which is BTS underscore amp. Yeah, pup amp after bark. Get it? Uh, okay, you could laugh a little more heartily <laughs> over there, Jesus. So. Our class is like taking social media with the perspective of like sex and sex education and whether you want to make a a fan platform or not, how do you avoid getting overly censored as just a marginalized person, creator, queer person online? 
Well, and I think where you have to start is trying to figure out what you're using social media for. Exactly. And so, like you said, you started uh, out Pup Amp as one thing and then mm-hmm. evolved it to another when you had a company, what's the safe word, that you had to get messaging out on. Yeah. So, and then you had to create all socials for what's the safe word. I did the same thing for Mr. S. Leather. I do all their social media. So, I had to uh, take over their Twitter account and their Facebook and and learn as Facebook and them change their rules every year or two what was appropriate in posting and not. And and we used to post gags, people being gagged all the time back in 2016, 2017. And then well, and then they started getting flagged as yeah. inappropriate. So, and, well, but going back to your point, like what? Why are you so using it? Like, why are, are you using it? Categories that you would say. Are you using it for personal? use to you know socialize get dates socialize yeah. show what kind of kinkster you are mm-hmm. is it for sexy times or is it for political messaging what what are you using your social ne- yeah. media for i think i think personally that you can kind of break it down into three categories and okay. and if anyone else has other categories they think that we've missed like please comment but i would say promotion first and foremost is one thing that most like people a do. Club or organization or yourself? Uh, yes, you're pro- <laughs> you're promoting something that you are doing that you want people to see. Whether like, it's an event, whether it's your like a puppy pack or yeah. a mosh or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a convention um, or maybe a brand. Uh, the next might be socialization, like you said, socializing with people, and that might be finding dates. That might be just finding like-minded people and friends. I used it a lot for puppy play-related socialization back in the day. I still use it that way, but that was the big draw factor for me and why I chose Pup Amp as my username. What about if you're a store trying to sell merchandise? And that's the last thing. It's like selling goods, I think, is a huge thing for not only brands, but, I mean, what maybe you're selling yourself? Ooh. Consensually, of course. Mm. Um, from physical goods to, like, your services Mm. and that's kind of where i break it down like yeah i see those three different categories yeah once you figure out what exactly your your angle is you you learn to contextualize what you're doing and this is kind of like a i've never taken a brand or marketing strategy class but i've watched a lot of people online and i've seen what works well i've seen people bomb or get canceled and that's kind of been my predominant way of learning how to use social media is just emulating other people which I think also is what gives both of us a really good sense of ethics and how social media platforms should work, not how they do, but how they should work and why maybe we're so produ- like prominent about like when platforms are super unfair towards the queer community because we're literally most of the time just emulating larger scale brands or creators who are getting away with the nudity or what they used to get away with on Instagram, for instance. Yeah. And I, f- I feel like half the battle is adapting to, so it's constantly changing and evolving mm. to new rules and new standards and, and sometimes new features. So, um, you have to, you have to be pretty nimble and with changing how you put stuff out there. Jack off, be nimble. Jack off, be quick. <laughs> um, no, I I absolutely agree. And and there's actually like there's actual statistics which I'll probably add more in our actual class. But there's a whole digital uh like audit report from 2021 that they did of like all social medias and people that are using them. Um, and it said that 36% of people are using social media to stay up to date with the news. Mm. That is fascinating. It used to be like one in three people was just keeping in contact 
with friends they hadn't seen and like 50% were like keeping in contact with family and friends that they're always seeing. Now, now it's all that is down. So, and the most prominent is up to date with news. So that is actually really important because you don't want to mix news and politics if you're trying to promote an event or a true. club because you're so going true. to offend people unless it is news or politics that go that aligns well with your messaging yeah um so you got to watch that because i've seen that happen a lot you porn stars uh retweeting something political i do it sometimes because i i'm very passionate about something or enraged about something on the news but I have to be very careful too, because sometimes when I'm on the Mr. S Twitter, I've done, I've oh, actually retweeted well, something. Yeah, so like when you run a, a brand or like a clothing line, you don't want to get well, and that's where that's where I that's where we, you and I have had many debates. Is oh, like yeah. being openly political about stuff. I want to make sure people know where I stand. So obviously, I'm going to back the important movements that need that attention. But like as a brand, if you're running like a brand, I don't know that your boss would be super happy if you made a political statement on the brand Twitter, you know? Um, But so like the predominant one right now in 2021, people are looking at news Uh, behind that was funny entertainment content. I think that's half of the generation coming up. They get all of their entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've been like getting sucked in now because Facebook and Instagram both now start putting videos and you click one and then I get, I can't even get out of them. Sometimes I'm well, like, how do you close how they this? Build them social media. You gotta get that engagement. <laughs> like watching video after video for 20 minutes. Behind that is fill spare time, which it sounds like what you were doing. Yeah. Behind that, stay in touch with family or friends. Yeah, but I feel like that is going down. Yeah, it is. Well, it's, it used to that be the engagement top thing is going in down. social media. Now it's the fourth well, thing. Well, I mean, that's what Facebook was built on, right? And then the fifth thing, share photos or videos with others. That's pretty generic. And then last on this list uh, of the top, it looks like six, was research products to buy because consumerism, mm. which that's that social media is built off of consumerism, whether it's brands, marketing. And now, and this one, I this is what I hate about some platforms. Like Instagram, for instance, changing the post, how you posted something into the store. Remember when that happened? Into the store. So oh. the little button that you push to post something on Instagram, they uh-huh. switched it to the store button. Oh. So that anytime you wanted to go post something, you went into the store unknowingly. It was so deceptive yeah. because they've trained people to use the the app a certain way. And now, now you're trying to sell. Yeah. And that was intentional from a UI, a user experience, like how they've designed the app. That was absolutely intentional huh freaking instagram anyway i'm curious what how would you describe social media um how would i describe social yeah media? if someone asked like what's social media how would you describe it um you before i guess it's an electronic way to put out uh the topic or images that you want to portray yourself as i guess Ooh, interesting I would say I would just say communicate. It's a communication tool. I think that 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 would be how I would bare bones it. I think that your perspective is absolutely but is valid. Is it is it a two way communication tool? I guess it I is. If two you way. comment, I didn't say two way. But, but it is a community. It's more like a bullhorn. <laughs> sure, yeah. Whoever has the loudest blowhorn <laughs> usually is perceived to be right in the the yeah. culture sort of perspective. Yeah. Um, but then so like how how do you predominantly use it then personally? I use it for promotion. It's okay. it's the way I promote my image, my brand, and my fan sites, which is half my income. 
Sure. So that's that's how I use it. That's fair. I would say similarly, yeah, promoting the stuff that we're doing. I like I like interacting. And with, with social media, like our class is going to predominantly focus on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But I'm finding more and more like with stuff like Twitch, which we're not going to cover much in the class. But like that is one of the biggest two-way engagements I've yeah, ever been a part of. Yeah, because you're able to talk to people live back and mm-hmm. forth. They can ask a question and they see your reaction to it live. You can't hide your whether, face. Whether, yeah, whether you want them to or not, sometimes. <laughs> That's actually one of the reasons I don't like that platform so much. Is well, no, but I, I get that because it, it can be it can be hard sometimes to to make sure that you're you're doing the right thing, you right. know, um, or reacting the right way or having the right response. Uh, every once in a while, especially with things like live streaming, like that is a skill that not everyone has or is able to really grasp. Mostly because it's it's something that you have to learn. Like all social media is something you're learning, but that especially is a is a skill. Being able to to interact, react, be entertaining all at the same time, and it's something that I've really enjoyed learning. But it it's a it's a it's time consuming. All social media, and I think that should be something that we cover too. Like, is draining in a way. Like it takes energy. Well, it's a a monumental time suck, uh, for one. So, and then my biggest problem with social media is making sure I do, uh, when I'm trying to create a post, making sure everything's spelled right. Oh, God. (laughs) If I get one more person being like, you spelled your wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hashtags and tagging the right people. I tag the wrong people all the fucking time. Oh, no. Well, it's because there's like... There's 200 Jack Snows when you're trying to do Jack Snow. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> Don't even get me started about John Smith. No, that's fair. Yeah, so um, that one's hard. For me, because I run so many different platforms, making sure I'm the, on the right platform well, when I'm messaging something. Problem, but... <laughs> well, you asked me. I don't, No, no, I, I know. I'm asking, I'm asking. Um, but also to that, like, making sure you're posting stuff properly. I don't know... I don't I so people that obviously don't promote themselves or do social media as a job like th- I don't know how interesting this episode will be. So I'm actually very curious because like going into the mind of someone who's producing something like when I produce something I produce it to the least common denominator and in my mind that means if this person has no idea who we are, has no idea what our content is, but they've clicked on a video either because of the icon or the title of the video being like kinky red flags. And they're like, well, what the fuck is that? And then we start talking about, to use an example, like acronyms like CNC or SSC or RAC. Like we have to keep in mind that some of our audience will be like, oh, my God, I totally get that. Why? That's a red flag. Like safety is important. Sometimes it's the first time they've ever heard this. And right. so we have to reiterate. And so you have to just be conscious of that sometimes. It's this filter that you can't really turn off when you're producing things. But here's the other thing, though, is everyone uses social media different and they have their favorite platforms. Mm. So like different generation, the generation coming up, TikTok is their favorite. My generation doesn't know how to use TikTok, doesn't watch it. <laughs> and so if you are an event organizer, or you are trying to organize people, um, you're going to tend to want to use the platform you know and trust. So, and usually it's like a Facebook group or something. Yeah. But you cannot, you cannot disqualify that you may not be reaching the people you want to reach because they're using Twitter or Instagram sure. or some other platform. So you have to know all the platforms and cross promote on all of them to be effective. 
And sometimes, and it's actually interesting you say that because, like, when you're cross promoting things, like, sometimes platforms try to make it easier for you to, like, share to the other platforms. Right. But that actually does an even worse job because all of these platforms are built <laughs> to keep people on that specific platform. Yeah. So if you're promoting something, like, Instagram they're not going to like the that time. you link to something else and take them off the platform. Right. Like, when you're talking about one of your favorite brands, like a mistress, maybe you're talking about today's sponsor, Manscaped, who has a wonderful stocking stuffer kit that you should get for your family. That Sorry, that was, <laughs> that was not a bad segue. <laughs> no, I was with you. I, I, I didn't even know you did that. <laughs> that was very good. Y'all, it is holiday season, and don't you know that sometimes you need something to stock, stock, to stuff your significant other's stockings. And what better way to do it than do it with a tool or tools that make them look better and feel better about their body and their grooming or hair trimming needs. Today's sponsor, Manscaped, is here to not only stock some stuffers, stuff some stockings, Stock. Oh, God, I'm broken. Oh, my God, you're broken. So you definitely want to use Manscaped before you start posting those selfies and especially (laughs) those nudes. You want to make sure that your body is Manscaped from head to toe. Because Manscaped is not only perfect for hair, but the perfect white elephant competition. They are the leader in below-the-waist grooming for all types of people and personalities. And if my math is correct, they have almost eight million balls that have been trimmed wow eight million balls a lot Wait, of balls. is that pairs or just single balls well four million people worldwide okay so, so balls. two balls yeah. Yeah, yeah so if you'd like to get your own savings on manscaped today you can go to manscaped.com and use offer code watts 20 to get 20 percent off with your own <laughs> perfect performance package because uh <laughs> no one wants to be a ho 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 with balls that say no, no, no. hairy no. balls. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love hair, but it's a matter of like trimming. So like we talk about it all the time. Like I love mine because it's great for chastity. The ceramic blades do not like they're Nick not you. gonna. What's that? Nick you? Well, yeah, Saint Nick's not gonna visit if you're using Manscaped. Yeah, I'll tell you Nick. that much. <laughs> um, but they also have so they have the lawnmower 4.0, which is my favorite. They have the weed whacker, which is great for around piercings or in your nose and your ear to get all those wiry hairs. I try to pluck mine sometimes and it's just so painful it's so painful i don't ever try to pluck them and as far as travel goes they have the travel shed which is the stylish nice like leather case it's got pockets and zippers it's what i use and it's actually very good about keeping your lube in your bag if it accidentally opens oh i hope it doesn't (laughs) i hope it doesn't open on your lawnmower anyway no but but the lawnmower is waterproof oh okay so you can just lube it up fine but um this time of year We are also going to be telling you our favorites from Manscaped. So the first, of course, uh, the Manscaped 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner has Mm. just launched, and it kills two birds with one stone, um, as well as the Cologne. They just just launched that. The Shears, which is a nice nail kit, just came out, as well as the Crop Mops, which is the ball wipes that I was talking with Blizz about when we did a podcast. (laughs) I need to check in and see if Blizz liked those, actually. So if you'd like to check out Manscaped, what code can they use, Daddy? Watts20. And your hair, or balls, or maybe your face, I love mine on my facial hair, will thank you. Thank you again, Manscaped, for always keeping us on track. Uh, so thank you again, Manscaped, for shaving. Uh, so thank you again, Manscaped, for shaving everyone this season, and also offering us some shavings. We will, uh, fuck. So thank you again, Manscaped, for offering everyone some 
shavings this holiday season, and uh, we'll be sure to socialize that all over the place. Holiday shavings. <laughs> holiday shavings. Um, but that does beg the question, like, what are the best practices? Daddy, you were talking about, like, making sure you choose the right platform, making sure you're posting in the right places. Like, you predominantly use Facebook for all the socialization because that's what well, you prefer to use. I did, um, although I'm using it far less uh, lately <gasps> as well. Uh, you never use it. I really don't. But what I find Facebook is really good for is groups. Um, it kind of it kind of replaced Yahoo groups in a way. That's fair. So like I'm I'm I have some cigar groups I go to. I have some boot groups I go to. There are great puppy groups on Facebook and puppy groups. Um, so. It's good for that kind of socialization. Mm-hmm. It's also good for events and planning events. Yep. So when these groups have events, it's easy for them to put up. It goes right to your calendar. Um, it reminds you about them, which is something I need. I will say, though, if you're going to do it for groups, do not expect that to to take the place of actually texting a person to invite them to like a private party or bir- I hate oh my god I, hate I just had a friend who flag. got married and oh. because they never post on their Facebook he's never in my he's never in my feed oh, so no. I literally got a text from him going I got married I guess you don't use Facebook <gasps> and oh, I'm like no. Well, first of all, that is not the place to announce your most intimate things to your one of your closest yeah, friends. <laughs> I, I dislike when people do that because I'm like, I text me, you have my phone number. Like that is not that's very like disingenuous. But otherwise, and second of all, because of algorithms, if you never post, mm-hmm. nobody's seeing anything you post yeah. if you just do it once in a while and out of the blue. Similarly, with so Instagram you, too, you, yeah. And I think a lot of people fall um, victim of this. They think that if they put it out there everyone around them has seen it that is not true anymore Mm -hmm. those platforms are now busy making your eyeballs go to ads they're making you distracting you to everything else finding things that you want to find about your friends is really low on facebook's list because they're (laughs) wanting the engagement rates they're wanting people that are posting frequently and posting tons of content that's long form they want those people to get up there so if you're looking for best practices beyond like events events just do a good job of putting a facebook post up because, like, if I go to a bar event, I do look for those posts, like, for the event itself. But when it comes to posting frequently, if you're if you're wanting to be, like, present on a platform, you do have to do it every once in a while. And here's a pro tip. If you are doing a Facebook event or any event, mm-hmm. use a graphic. And in your graphic, have date, time, oh, yeah. and location on one. the graphic. Because people are scrolling so fast that they don't actually click to see description and what's going on. So you've got to have that in the graphic so it impresses in their brain location, time, date. Well, and it impresses on their social media, literally. Like, you want that impression. So, like, be be conscious of all that. Make sure you're, like, you got your socials. Um, When you go to, like, things with Instagram, like, the more you post throughout the week generally the more favorable the algorithm is for you like i read one of the behind the scenes of instagram like best practices that they sent out to their like top influencers and they were like post two images a day on your 
you know, wall, post a story at least three times a day, post a short once a week, post a live video at least once. And I was like, oh my God. But, the, but that's changed because job. do you remember when I started Instagram about four years ago and I was late to the party? Uh, I was posting like twice a day and you're like, daddy, uh, nobody sees it if you, do, well, if you do it twice yeah. a day. Yeah. YouTube changed too, though. It used to be they wanted short videos and then they realized, oh, if they're long videos, we can put more ads on it. So now they want over 10 minutes and then they want longer form stuff and now they want live streamers platforms change also realize that facebook hates youtube oh, wow. and so yeah, if yeah. you just do a youtube link on your facebook wall nobody will see it so we it's hard for us to promote what's the safe word on facebook because if we just did the link they won't they won't let anyone see it so yeah. we have to go through our website and pre- and post a website link it's so to advertise. It's, you got to do backflips if you're posting social media as a as a even a, a hobby sometimes you just have to every platform works differently it's like a math problem i feel like i take algebra 1 and then i have to take calculus in order to use a different platform you know but it's it's sometimes you have to do that actual homework of adding it up and figuring out what works best on what platform and it seems nowadays that when at least when it comes to sex, um, Twitter is one of the only places left for the sex besides like the actual fan sites. It is the last bastion, and it yeah. took over for Tumblr, where Tumblr left off. And I don't know how they do it. I really don't know how they have the, not shut that. I mean, down yet. listen to our Sesta Fasta episodes. We we kind of talk about that a bit, but it's also yeah, it is it is a it's baffling. And I think that the next five ten years of social media and and the internet are going to be wild. They're just going to—it's going to be weird, y'all, because I'm not sure what's going to happen. Well, you, it, it, and we've seen this happen over and over. So you're at the mercy of these platforms. You're mm-hmm. you're putting your images and your content up on these platforms, but they own everything, yeah. and they could shut down in a moment. We saw it happen with Reddit, with uh, MySpace, with um, Blogspot went down. Uh, I used to have. <laughs> I said not Blogspot. Oh, I used to have a uh, porn site or a porn blog on Thumblogger that disappeared overnight. And so when those sites go down, all your content goes down with it. Mm-hmm. So that is why it's really important to back up anytime you post on any social media, put it also on a hard drive in a folder, even if it's the folder of the year of uploaded content. Yeah. Because you need that backup because chances are you're going to have to start all over again at some point. So, and that kind of leads us into the the final, I think, chunk of our what our class will be about is like how to ethically and properly and responsibly um, not only create, but also post so that you're getting the, the bang out of your buck. You're getting the money shot out of the content that includes the money shot, you know? Like, where do people go? How do they start? For, for me, I think that you should have at least, at the very least, get yourself a Twitter because most of those sites require a login. And for whatever reason, Twitter is the, the login that they accept besides yeah, like if your you're, email. If you're going to start a fan site in particular, mm-hmm. they go through part of their age verification is through Twitter somehow um, to prove that you're a human being. And they will take your Twitter handle. So that's why it's very important to l- figure out what your name is going to be and keep it consistent across the board. Because that is going your username is going to be yeah. your fan site name. Yeah. And then from there, like, obviously, look at the sites that exist. We despise and don't recommend OnlyFans. But hey, if that is the accessible thing that you're using, 
don't trust them as far as you can throw them? I don't trust them, but I use them because their algorithm fucking kicks ass. I don't know why. I get more and more followers on OnlyFans for some reason, and I don't even advertise it. No, but that's because you're you're tagging, you're reposting, there's there's traffic there, and they do actually have an algorithm that, of course, it's about sex, so it doesn't mind the sex, that works because you make good content that, that people like. And to that, like, make sure that when you're when you're making content, that you're you're uploading at least somewhat consistently. I always recommend that you have at least a decent, nice camera. Like the audio, if if you guys are talking, should be at least decent. What what is your opinion on like quality over quantity? Like, would you rather have more content that's eh, or less content that's like gorgeous? Uh, Ooh, ooh, that's, that's hard, hard right? because yeah, so yeah, it is. From someone who's produced studio porn for thirty years, we use great lights and cameras and stuff, and people, the backlash, they're like, "Oh, why are you doing all this for story-driven porn?" And then the garage iPhone poorly lit action was so hot people didn't care and they kind of liked the funkiness of that so i guess for me because i'm into bdsm and sometimes you get your raw yeah passion really great scenes when you're not so focused on the camera and the lighting and the audio true that being said i really can get distracted by bad camera work and bad lighting yeah there's a difference between like pov and being up in it literally and having l- more personal uh, feel to it because you're filming like it is a personal thing. You don't have a full studio. Mm-hmm. That's really, I like. I, I like that. And I mean, that's as a demisexual, <laughs> like that that emotion and that involvement is super hot. But so here, here here's a, a, a pro tip for all you fan platform performers out there. Okay. I know you want to make sure that the camera is on you and that you are looking good and your butt is in the right place. Uh-huh. But if you are con- every time you look at the freaking camera, you break that third wall of the viewer who's kind of in a voyeuristic. As soon as you look at the camera, oh, good point, good and, point. And I've seen like so many guys fucking each other, and they're both just. Their eyes are glued to the camera instead of each oh, other and what yeah. they're doing, and it's distracting as fuck. So <laughs> I would say be conscious of it. Like some, there are POV things where you're like talking to the camera. That's totally valid, obviously, for looking at the camera. But yeah, if you're having a passionate scene with a few people or, or one one person, like don't break. Yeah. Don't break that fourth wall. When when I shot studio porn, you are not we, Deadpool. We would never let any. We porn. would edit anyone who looked at the camera directly. Yeah, unless it was a solo and they were talking to the camera, yeah. uh, engaging the camera as. And some people like yeah. that, right? Yeah, but if you're starting a site, like have your socials in place. Big, big, big pointers is collaboration. Like that is the biggest way on any platform. Honestly, like when you tag someone in a photo. Like that's collaborating with them. When you tag someone in like a, a video clip or on Twitter or on Instagram on your story, like as minuscule as that might seem to you as like 10 seconds of finding someone on a social media and tagging them properly, that does so much. For it's probably hugely them. important mm-hmm. because then they'll retweet it to their followers, which or just opens the door to whatever. followers you didn't even have. So yeah. it's really important to tag your cameramen, people who are involved in the scene that you're doing um because it just opens up 
it's actually great for you. And ethically, it's just, it's nice. Yeah. Like, that just shows you cared. Like, the number of times, and this is maybe my own fault because sometimes you can't find people because names are bad. Or and sometimes you can't tag everybody. Yeah. And, and you feel bad if you can't because that person feels like you didn't appreciate them or they get left out. And I, I, I'm, I'm always there and, like, apologetic, but... You only have so many characters. Sure. You only have so many characters and you can only tag up to ten people in a photo. Uh, Instagram or Twitter's weird. Um, are there any other best practices? But clean your fucking room. Clean your fucking camera. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> L- lube on camera, the lens. A little bit of, <laughs> a little of man's bluge on that. Um, sure, I love that. Make sure you're manscaped. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus. That, see, that's a good segue, Daddy. You should have saved that. You should have saved that. Um, and then, again, it comes back to the consistency. I would say post a real good video like once a week if you're really looking to do it full time. And honestly schedule things so that they auto post every other day or every day if you got fun photos like just make a big backlog so that you're able to always have constant content now the other important thing to do and you'll see the puppy and i both do this on our twitter Uh feeds is don't always be promoting because then you just turn your customers off so when i worked for colt studio all they used their Twitter account was for 20% off, sale here, buy our mm-hmm. calendars, da, da, da. They didn't post anything interesting yeah. that people would want to share. It was all advertisement. So when you're posting, check out my latest OnlyFans, check out my Just for Fans, check out this, check out this, tip me here, da, 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 da. People turn off. They tune out. So that is the next big point. And actually what I want to end our class with is oh, authenticity. That's, authenticity. that's the word is like, so using a little humor using, yeah, human. uh, you know, just really daily tips in your daily life makes people interested in you. And then they're going to be interested in what you're producing. And I hope, I hope I, I do want to say like doing this kind of podcast, this is literally looking into the camera, breaking the fourth wall because this is what we do. Ah! Um, but I hope that by sharing this, like, y'all understand, like, what goes on through through our brains, maybe sometimes while we don't post certain things on certain platforms, but also that you understand that, like, the reason we do that is because we do want it. Like, when we ask questions, when we interact, when we do things like, what is, what is like, a red flag? Like, yeah, we're, we're making content around it, but we're doing it because I'm curious and I want to learn about, like, our audience so that I can better connect with them a lot of the time as well and we rely on our audience uh so a lot of would be here without a lot of our topics especially through patreon uh we throw out and you guys come back with amazing stuff we didn't even yeah with great ideas or or more questions and more questions and we're like oh yeah we didn't even touch on that did we like Um, the job of someone who creates content online if that's their job or if it's just a hobby is to entertain in some way or communicate a, a thing in some way like they're Thank you. Speaking of communicating, thank you, Alexa. Uh, anyway, they're communicating with an audience and trying, I hope, to make a space that is accessible or make someone feel welcome and included in something. Like that, that is priority for us, is to make sure that our community feels like they have a place to be, ask questions, and have conversations, most importantly. Yeah. Like, authenticity for me means. Not always being perfect, but always trying to do your best by the people that you are vibing with. Yeah, and, you know, try to avoid wars and uh, bad-mouthing if possible, even if someone pisses you off. Yeah. Because those rabbit holes aren't cute. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And so and to that actually, I was I was playing games with some friends the other day. Um, shout out to like London and I think who else was there? Deer, a few of my streaming friends. Um, and London was very sweet and like gave a compliment and she was like, You're like the nicest person, you never have anything bad to say about people, which is not true. But it was just a it was a really nice reminder that like the energy you put out there, whether you're on social media or not, comes back to you. And I think that's where being not only authentic, but just being approachable in a number of different ways is super, 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 super helpful to building a just a nice community, you yeah. know? You are too nice. That's what, what I heard. That's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> but, Daddy, are you're there the any other... of nice. Oh, oh, I don't know how I feel about that compliment. <laughs> um, like... Is there anything else that kind of comes to mind when it comes to creating content and, and just doing it well? Um, I always feel like there is just so much. Um, I guess you can't tweet too much. Yes, uh, you can. Well, I disagree. <laughs> I know you do. But so people have when it comes to Twitter, their feed is full up. And if you didn't get in the 20 minute window they were on a bus going to work and they saw in the feed then they're not not going to see it because they're not going to go to your channel no, that's not true so though. i retweet things a lot okay just in case someone didn't see it the first time yeah but that's not true that's totally not true because i see your stuff when i get back on because if you engage with someone you see their stuff more prominently and like the algorithm does work in some ways um so but that does bring up a good point what you just said there because i totally disagreed everybody <laughs> no 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 this is there's it's a good it's a good lesson i think everybody uses their social media differently and like their audiences interact differently or yeah you, you just got to do your own thing because what resonates really well with my audience will probably what resonate completely different with like maybe not your audience because we share a lot but like one of our other friends on social media's audience you know it's it's I'm not I'm not super chaotic like some of my friends on Twitter, but I'm more educational. And so like my audience gravitates towards that. But I think that the only way you're going to figure out what works besides like the points that were given today is to literally do it. Just just do it. Yeah. And, and so the, that argument happens a lot when people are like, I want to create a fan site, but I don't have enough content to do it. Do yet. it. No, it doesn't matter. If you have two scenes, put it up. You're going to create as you go along. It doesn't matter if you have 20 scenes to start because um, your growth is going to be slow. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Well, so, well, or maybe you get a little viral video. Who knows? Like every once in a while you get you get lucky and you sure. retweeted by a big. But you just or... said it every once in a while. Yeah. So I'm I'm talking the norm will be it's going to be slow growth. Um, the normal bee still has some buzz, you know. <laughs> You're a normal bee. Thank you. Uh, I think. Wait, no, that that. But the the, the longer you wait to do it, uh, the longer you're not building that base. No, it's uh, so true, Bestie. Because um, the inception or the idea that that started the inception of what's the safe word uh, probably came about two years before we actually started what's the safe word. And to this day, I will always regret that we did not start sooner because. We would have, I think, beat some of those algorithms out and and maybe had been more successful. I mean, I think I and that sounds so dismissive. I love no. how successful and how much we've done. No, our platform. but our channel started at the tail end of right YouTube. when the algorithm started yes. being real homophobic. Yes. So while we got lucky in some of our algorithmic 
like gears that turned when they turned. I, to this day, will always tell people like, if you want to create something, just do it. If the project fails or it doesn't do well, hey, you have learned hopefully some skills there, whether it's doing audio, maybe doing video, maybe just learning how to produce something. But those are all skills that carry over into everything else you do. I never went to school for social media or production, but I, I have learned so much in the last five years that I feel like I could do any job if I really wanted to. Like, content creators are self-teachers. Yeah, you could do audio for a living. Audio is so important. Oh, my God. I, audio is the bane of my existence. It might be important, but it's also the bane of my fucking existence. Getting things to work and sound good. Oh, every I, I saw this and this is somewhat related to content creation, but someone new had like popped into my Twitch chat and they were like, I can't do a single stream without some sort of difficulty or technical difficulty, video, yep. audio. And I was like, bitch, did you not Agreed. just see 10 seconds ago my audio flipped off for some reason and I didn't do anything like people on the Internet are so forgiving of technical difficulties, you know? <laughs> But also at the same time, so judgmental. If you misspell something, if there's a little like black frame in a video that's like out of place, if there's a text, oh my God, if there's text misspelled in a video, I'd never hear the end of it. Do you remember the dead pixel? Oh, the dead pixel that's now on Scott's camera, actually. Yeah, look um, for it on. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Scott. Our, our friend Scott, though, Scott Writers, yeah, Twitch, who, who does Twitch. We gave I him gave our him old, camera. old camera. I told him that there was a dead pixel. I don't think he knew what that meant. And then live during his stream, people were like, "There's a little, there's a little sun flare in your video." And for I think for 20 minutes, he was trying to figure it out. I, I, it's a dead pixel. It happens on cameras. But again, you learn these things. You know, I went through the hardships of being like, "Why is there a, a glowing red circle?" in just that one spot of every video i'm like oh it's in the camera i can't change that it happened though we got past it we made videos some people noticed it some people didn't some people noticed it and didn't say anything and i appreciate those people the most <laughs> um <laughs> but that does bring us to the tail end of the podcast which is just i feel like if there's one lesson to learn daddy it's what just do it. Oh, good. That's exactly what I was hoping you would say. <laughs> get, get your best Shia LaBeouf on and just start something. If yeah. you're curious about creating or, or posting, you never know who's out there waiting for the content that you have not created yet. You know? And and right now, and, and what's, what's great about social media is it is a free platform media. So before, we used to have to buy ads to get our th things out. Um and and we reach mass audiences for free. We don't have to pay for it, um, which has been great for us. Yeah. And now everyone and their mom is a content creator. So Yeah, and everyone's doing it. So now trying to find your space in that world and having something interesting that people want to hear, um, that, it, that is the real challenge. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that we, we kind of went off on a bunch of tangents for yeah. this class, but I think that that'll make the class even better. So thank you all, whether you're on Patreon or on the podcast, just audio, for, for listening to us kind of ramble, but talk about our journey in, in some ways, but also what we've learned over the years, because I legitimately hope that it helps someone in their own mind, like 
figure out or produce something they wanted to do. And we get this question a, a lot in our DMs. Is, it's, it's true. How to do the you point start, where I'm so Do you have any advice on how I should start a podcast? Well, that's such a broad question that yeah. you can't answer in a DM. Yeah, and <laughs> you know what? I had those questions one day, and I just did it. You figure it out. I, you Google it. I learned and it one out. step at a time, one yep. video at a time, one mistake at a time, one podcast at a time. Whatever you're creating, just just learn and do it. But you are going to need social media to get your message out there. Yeah, you are. And speaking of social media, Daddy, I think it's only proper and uh, warranted. No, earned. Earned. That I, we share our own social our media own so social people can find you. I am Christopher Weston, and that's Christopher with a K and an F on Twitter. And I'm Mr. Christopher Weston on Instagram and Facebook. And I am Pup Amp. You can find me everywhere at Pup Amp. Uh, and this has been What's Your Safe Word, the sex education podcast with a few kinks. But you can find us pretty much everywhere else at What's the Safe Word. Now, and again, for brand consistency, I didn't want to confuse people because some people think our YouTube is a podcast, but it's not. <laughs> YouTube videos are videos or blogs yes. or vlogs. We may have to change our opening for our podcast so they get the difference. Well, no, but anyway, and you can <laughs> you can find us here every week and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, now I have both microphones. And I'm noticing now, patrons, I'm so sorry. The camera went out a few minutes ago. But that's okay because we still got foot cam. Hi, foot cam. You got, you got all the content down here at the end there.